Hi, and welcome to episode 12 of IoT This Week. I'm your host, Craig Smith. It is January 27th, 2016. So we've got a few stories, and we'll do a little catch-up from earlier in this month. Um, So let's get started. All right, so for our first story, this one is about the hacked baby monitors. So you might remember this from a from a while ago, uh, where several companies, you know, got their um, had baby monitors hacked and so forth. So it looks like today the New York City Department of Consumer Affairs has actually launched an investigation into some of these baby monitors and the manufacturers of those baby monitors. So they've actually sent subpoenas to four companies. However, um, they didn't actually name the companies that the subpoenas were were sent to. Um, But they have subpoenaed four companies to investigate the, you know, vulnerabilities and the security posture of the baby monitors that these companies are manufacturing and selling to the public. So this should be interesting to see how this turns out and, you know, whether they actually look at this and somehow find the manufacturers responsible or, you know, liable for the vulnerabilities present in the uh, products they were selling. So, anyways, depending on how this turns out, this could have some uh, wide-ranging impact to, you know, manufacturers of Internet of Things devices as far as, like, security vulnerabilities go and liability for those vulnerabilities existing in their products. Okay, so our next story comes from the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, where... Terrell McSweeney, who is one of four commissioners at the FTC, made some comments in regards to IoT devices and stating that she wished that consumers could look at the code running in their IoT devices. So one of the things she did say is, is that she thought transparency and having the ability to take a look at some of, the, some of these things is going to be incredibly important. And, you know, and for, I guess, people, and I'm assuming what she means like regular people, consumers, to be able to, to have the capacity to actually do some of these things, like uh, maybe run some tool against the device that tells them, hey, the security is at this level, or hey, you know, your privacy level is at this level, something like that. So it would be interesting if, if we end up with some kind of uh, tool. Um, I don't know what that would be, something that could be run against the device, and that's assuming that the tool could actually, you know, look into the device itself, um, which would also mean that the, the, the manufacturers would have to leave, make that device open, uh, which most of them don't. Um, although they are running open source hardware or firmware and so forth on there, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily easy to actually get at the underlying code or software that's actually running on the device to actually inspect it. So anyway, so it looks like she's looking for something that uh, just a regular you know, Joe consumer can run against a tool to get some kind of idea of the security and or privacy posture of that device. I mean, the other thing that's actually been talked about as well, as well is to actually have some kind of rating system on the devices that the manufacturer would put on there. So when a consumer goes to buy a device, it may have like a four-star rating or a five-star rating, you know, depending on what the security and privacy level of that device is to let the consumers, you know, at least have some kind of idea of what they're getting into when they buy any kind of specific IoT device. But anyway, um, it's all, it's good to see the FTC involved as they have been for a while in IoT um, and trying to, you know, help guide or help um, make consumers aware 
as far as security and privacy goes with uh, IoT devices. And then our next story comes from My Devices, who launched what they're calling the world's first drag-and-drop IoT project builder, which is called Cayenne. So I thought I'd just mention this real quick. Um, so I haven't really you know, looked into this much as, as a platform. Um, but with the article, so some of the key features that are included in this are a mobile app, um, easy setup uh, that quickly connects to a Raspberry Pi or connects a Raspberry Pi to the Internet, and this includes, you know, sensors and actuators and so forth. Um, there's also a rules rules engine for triggering actions across devices, um, a customizable dashboard with drag-and-drop visualization widgets, um, scheduling of lights, motors, and actuators, um, GPIO control, um, which can be controlled from the mobile app or dashboard, and then also instant remote access from a phone or your computer. And then in some other news, uh, it looks like Sony, in an effort to expand some of their you know um, interest in IoT devices, um, they've actually bought the Israeli chipmaker Altair, um, which actually has chips chipsets focused on the Internet of Things sensors. So Sony's actually looking to combine their Altair's chipsets with its sensing technology, with Sony's sensing technologies and image sensors to develop new cellular-connected um, sensing component devices. And then another quick story. So there's not much to this. It's just, and I don't know how they actually um, came about making this claim. But anyway, Samsung has claimed to have the largest IoT ecosystem. So I'm assuming they probably looked at all their products and other competitors' products on the market as far as IoT went, probably made some kind of assumptions uh, based on the number of products out on the market today or whatever. So anyway, but they're claiming, Samsung's claiming the largest IoT ecosystem. And then our final news story from, this was actually from earlier this month. Um, so you may have seen this already, but the Wi-Fi Alliance actually introduced a low-power, long-range Wi-Fi, which is, or, yeah, Wi-Fi, which is called Wi-Fi Halo, I guess you could call it, but it's spelled H-A-L-O-W. Um, but anyway, it's meant to um, extend Wi-Fi into the 900 megahertz range, so it'll it'll be able to enable um, low power connectivity, you know, necessarily for like um, sensors and wearables and so forth. So, anyway, it'll probably be a bit before we see this actually come out in devices. Um, but anyway, it's pretty interesting that they've actually been able to they've put forth a you know standard to uh, for IoT devices, Wi-Fi in general, to operate at uh, 900 megahertz which should probably help things in that, that that range is probably not as cluttered as 2.4 and 5 gigahertz is currently. Um, so, yeah, so that'll be interesting to see, especially with the low power and so forth. Um, that'll It'll be interesting to see how that affects um, IoT devices in general and, you know, what kind of, manu- what kind of products the manufacturers put out um, using this particular uh, standard. Okay, so our next couple of stories... Um, We'll look at security and privacy. Um, so the first story comes, and actually both the stories um, include surveys, uh, which are both pretty interesting. So the first one involves a survey that Accenture did. Uh, it's a global survey involving 28,000 consumers in 28 countries. So they basically looked, um, 
the survey actually focused on you know what the consumers thought about security um, in IoT devices. So just some of the numbers they put out here. So uh, nearly half of the survey's respondents, 40, 47%, said security concerns and privacy risk rank among the top three things keeping them from buying IoT devices and devices. Um, more than two-thirds, uh, 69%, said they know the products could potentially be hacked. You know, these are the products that they're actually buying. So they're actually buying the products knowing that they could potentially be hacked. Um, so among those who either own an IoT device or plan to buy one this year, uh, more than a third, so 37%, report that they've decided they're going to be more cautious in how they use them. And then almost a quarter, uh, 24%, chose to postpone buying buying an IoT device as a result of security concerns. And then nearly a fifth or 18% said they have stopped using their IoT devices because of these security um, and or privacy concerns. So some of the other interesting um, tidbits that came out of this uh, particular survey so 47% are satisfied with their current device, 26% just bought a new device, 14% um, cannot afford a new smartphone, and 4% feel there are no innovative features in the new devices. So those were just some other um, random metrics that came out of this particular survey. But anyway, so it's still interesting to see that um, there's a, a significant percentage in the survey who have actually are either you know being more cautious about the IoT devices um, because of security and privacy concerns, or they're actually just postponing buying one, uh, buying an IoT device altogether because of these concerns. So, I think it's so long term. Um, you know, given what this survey has found out, um, long term um, looks like security and privacy definitely needs to be shored up um, in order to, you know, make make consumers feel, you know, better about their purchases when it comes to IoT devices so that they don't feel like their security or their privacy is being compromised. And then our next story involves what the article calls the state of privacy in America. So this isn't it isn't necessarily like completely IoT focused, but it's still um very interesting nonetheless. So actually Pew Research Center, um, they spent looks like a two and a half year effort um, basically just talking to Americans about um, privacy and, you know, what they what they thought about privacy and, you know, um, what kind of information they thought they had online and so forth. Um, especially with all the, you know, news stories that came out in the last couple of years, you know, in regards to government surveillance and all that sort of thing. So... Some of the interesting uh, numbers that came out of this particular um, study, um, so I'll just go through the list real, some of the more interesting ones on here real quick. Um, so one of the, some of the things they ask the folks that were involved in this uh, research were, you know, personal information online and, you know, the, and what the adult internet users say that they, that what part, what information that the, the particular users say they think is online about them. So 66% um, 
said that there was a photo of themselves online. Um, 50% said their birth date was online. 46% said their email address was online. Um, 44% said that their employer or company they work for is available online. Um, you know, 30% said their home, ad- home address is online. 24% said they knew their cell numbers online. You know, 21% said there was a video of themselves of some sort online. Um, you know, 20% said their political party affiliation was available online. So some of the other things that came out of the article, um, you know, fully or 91% of adults agree or strongly agree that consumers have lost control of how personal information is collected and used by companies, which is uh, really telling because if you do any kind of research into IoT devices, um, you'll immediately notice that personal information is not only going back to the vendor of a particular product, but also to various other like uh, data analytics companies or, or either the vendor, the original manufacturers selling data to a third party. And all this is done without really without any knowledge um, of the consumer who purchased this device. So, so it's not, um, so yeah, that the feeling that they've lost control of their personal information isn't. Um, it's pretty accurate given what what we've seen as far as like IoT devices and, and the kind of information they're collecting, and then just kind of throwing around to different uh, cloud services and you know whoever else is collecting this. Whether again, whether it's the original manufacturer or third parties or whatever. Um, yeah, privacy. Uh, the private information collected from these devices actually th- is being thrown around all over the place. So, and again, it's really not, it's, you know, it's without the consumers really knowledge that it's even happening. So anyway, so I would definitely take a look at this article. Um, like I said, it's not, it's not specifically about IOT, um, but still it's, it's a good, uh, good look into what people think as far as, their privacy goes um, in the U.S. currently. And then one thing I did want to mention mention as far as the industrial internet, the internet of things go, because I've been trying to add um, a couple stories in regards to industrial IoT. So one of the things that actually has been considered to kind of be, you know, not able to be connected uh, via Ethernet or via IP um, were sensors, you know, manufacturing sensors and uh, various other things that normally relied on, like, um, let's see, relied on uh, 4 to 20 milliamp and field bus connectivity. So, anyway, so the the article was interesting in that one company, MTS, MTS Sensors, is actually taking some of these um, sensors that... Um, aren't connected somehow and actually making these sensors to where they are actually ethernet IP connected so that they can actually connect or collect more data from the sensors themselves. So anyway, so that's interesting. They're actually uh, making some devices or some sensors that probably were considered not able to be connected and actually making those things connected um, via ethernet IP. And then just a few things I just wanted to bring up again as far as learning about the Internet of Things. So there are a couple of couple of boards and so forth. I mean, many of you are probably uh, familiar with these. So some of the ones I have here that I play with at home are the Intel 
um, Galileo Gen 2 board. And then there's also something called a Grove Starter Kit that you can buy for that as well. So the Starter Kit has some of the normal stuff like little LCDs and actuators and other things, um, LCDs, LEDs that you can actually use with the Galileo Gen 2 board to actually, you know, just experiment with IoT. Now, the one thing I will mention, um, apparently in November, the um, or Microsoft actually stopped making Windows IoT core available for Galileo. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of a bummer that uh, they stopped supporting that. Uh, but anyway, so the board's still out there and, and available to play with. Also, the Intel Minnow Board Max. Um, this is something I just ordered. Um, one of the things it does have available there's that board and also a qualcomm board um, so windows um, iot core actually has bitlocker uh, available in it so and right now it looks like according to a microsoft article those are the only two boards where you can actually try out bitlocker um, so it's the intel minnow board max and that qualcomm i think it's the 410c board um that you can actually enable BitLocker on and see how that kind of performs for, you know, protecting the data and so forth on um, whatever IoT device you might be experimenting with. Um, then again, there's also the Raspberry Pi Model B. Then there's a starter kit for that that, again, has like LCDs and LEDs and some other things you can mess with. Um, then also the Onion Omega. Um, Actually, I just ordered the Bluetooth expansion, the Ethernet expansion, and the expansion docs. So I want to start messing with those and hopefully put up maybe a video or two, um, just a little demonstration of those and how those things work. And then as far as the IoT community goes, again, um, if you're interested in Internet of Things, um, you know, join your local OWASP group. Um, we're also... There's also the OWASP Internet of Things project that myself and Daniel Meisler... Um, or, cont or you know, continually work on and add things to. Um, we've also brought in a couple other folks um, for content, adding content and expertise to the project. Um, but other than that, um, that's the podcast for this week. Um, just kind of kept it short uh, with a few articles just to catch up. Um, again, if you have any questions or comments uh, in regards to the podcast, all the podcasts are available on uh, craigsmith.net. And... That should be it for this week, so have a great day. Thanks.